Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Streaming in Place. It is week 11, and we're back this week to talk about Lucifer, season 3, episode 18. Um, this is a very silly podcast. It is a ridiculous podcast that we started. How to give us dare I take this very seriously. And structure to our <laughs> quarantine uh, times, and also just to, to talk about Lucifer, because it's fun. Um, and I've not, personally, I've not been tweeting a lot about what's going on because I'm very, very white. And uh, so I've been listening and following other people talking about what's been going on in the United States and across the world right now. Um, I, it's important to me though, that that not be construed as acceptance and support for the shit going on. So to be very abundantly clear to everyone who's listening Personally, and I feel like I can speak for the podcast. You guys let me know how you feel about that. This is a anti-racist podcast, Black Lives Matter, and I fully support these protests against police brutality across the country. And yeah, so if you have a problem with that, I understand. Please stop listening. This podcast is not for you. Okay. Do you guys have anything you would like to to share or add or anything? Or, and if not, I'll cut out that part and we can go right onto the podcast. Um, no, I actually, I do have something I want to add, which is that this morning I woke up with some, and not for the first time, but certainly more potently than usual, uh, with some very complicated feelings about the way that we treat stories about cops on television, um, which of course is what we're going to be talking about. So, um, if you've been listening and all of a sudden just don't have the stomach to do crime solving devil, it makes sense. Don't think about it. I don't blame you. Uh, in the least and I'm gonna see (laughs) like what comes out of critical brain at this moment but I think it is completely fair and reasonable to have a complicated reaction to any story in which um, the cops are uh, cuddly nice good guys Um, because I think that the American television industry in particular, storytelling of all stripes, but the American television industry in particular has a lot uh, to answer for when it comes to the way that we depict law enforcement um, and the way that we discuss those stories. So, I, Yeah, I, I woke up this morning and was like, are we really going to record a podcast about cops today? Yeah. Yeah. Including so, an immortal cop that can't die. Yeah. <laughs> more on that later in the week um uh, yeah not not that but just like there's you know we're gonna we get some backstory here of of our of pierce as a cop and we get um we're gonna get find out more about you know spoiler spoiler he's not a great cop guys so we're gonna talk more about that later in the week but right now we're supposed to be all fuzzy and happy about pierce i think why how i don't yeah. know i don't think so is that really true I, well i i'm curious how you guys feel about this because i'm i'm very this is part of what really confused me about lucifer season three so from from here on we're gonna be very superficially and hopefully somewhat less superficially but just talking about about lucifer uh so yeah let's let's dive in um because i if we're not supposed to like or at least be interested in and think that there's something there for Pierce and Kane. It's, 
I don't understand the show because they aren't showing us anything that makes me like him actually like him but and he's doing some shady stuff but they're spending so much energy with the characters we actively are supposed to like and support and think are good believing and supporting and rooting for pierce that i can't interpret it as any other way as the show trying to get us on board with pierce like what else is this episode if not trying to get us on board to with Pierce. It, there's, you know, it's they've been pushing it really hard with Ella all season. I mean, Keenan says Ella keeps insisting on it, and it is ridiculous. And some of how they've, most of how they've handled Ella this season. But I do, I feel like, you know, it's a thing that most shows do. And maybe I'm misreading this show. But if you want your audience to like someone, there are certain characters that the shortcut is, well, that character trusts them, or that character likes them, which means that we're supposed to like them. And I feel like they've been doing that all season with with Pierce, with Ella, with Chloe. You know, she took a while to warm to him, but did. And some and Dan, some of these other figures. And so it doesn't make I mean, we <laughs> we actually haven't seen anything that should make us actually like him when you look at what he's done and what he's doing and is the way the character is written. But the show keeps handing out these like signifiers of isn't this actually an interesting, good guy? So I get very confused and frustrated with it. Yeah, I um, I agree that it's muddled and confusing, but I feel like my take on it is it seems like a sloppily executed story about a guy who seems like a good cop and a decent person and like, oh shucks, look at my giant arms. I'm Mr. Nice Face Guy. Um, who at the end of the day, his every act and decision is inherently selfish, um, which makes it uh, like a very Lucifer... Well, I guess it makes him the inverse of Charlotte, right? Where if Charlotte is a selfish person who seems like a selfish person who is actively trying to be better then Pierce is a person who's deceptively likable, who has absolutely no interest in making the world a better place, who is only interested in himself. And I don't think they're executing that well, but whenever there's a moment that feels clarifying that isn't him playing dust in the wind in his office. Um, but whenever there's another moment that feels clarifying about the character, to me, it always seems to be about Pierce putting himself before everyone else in a way that puts those people at danger and turns them into commodities, specifically Chloe, right? Like, yes, he apologizes to Ella, but I that's a part where I feel like, oh, well, that's sloppy storytelling. Why are we wasting our time on this? This is a bad person. This mm -hmm. is a person who is only interested in what the people around him can do for him and not in who they are as people, which also sort of makes him the opposite of Lucifer, right? Who is all like, everything is about me, but who is when it really comes down to the line more interested in doing the right thing and helping people and cares about people. So they're sort of, I guess the three of them are all sort of like weird funhouse reflections of each other. I don't think the show is doing that well um, because we shouldn't have to analyze it this hard because if that's the story they're trying to tell, it's an incredibly straightforward story that takes a lot of work to get to. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, that's my take on it. And it's 
contingent on giving the show some credit in a way I'm not sure that this season it necessarily deserves. So I'm of many minds about it, obviously. I really liked all of that, Allison. I think it reads really accurately to the show's larger problems this season in terms of what is, who is he, basically, and what are we supposed to be taking from him? Um, and I, th- I like this idea of, like, he's selfish and uses for his own ends. And and I can't take credit for what I'm about to say. This is from my partner, and it's such a good read that I want to share it, is that I really like the idea of him just having a bunch of rocks from all over the place where he's traveled. Even though logistically, my partner and I also went, that has to be a pain in the ass to move every time. But he talks about how rocks are solid but never changing. And we're supposed to equate that with him. Um, Except, as my partner very wisely pointed out, rocks change all their time when you have them in their natural habitat. It's only when you remove them from their natural habitat and put them on a shelf to be like, they're me, um, that they stop changing. And so I think that that really feeds into a lot of this concept of they don't, they think he's a rock, except he's not. And that's the problem, I think, ultimately, is that they think that he's this unchanging being of some sort. But it's by design. And so this these potential catalysts for him to change, whether it's Chloe or Lucifer's con, uh, shenanigans in terms of trying to kill him, um, it feels like a weird, a weird pivot for them to try and justify a change in him. And it doesn't work within the larger conf- confines. Um, so he's doing what to rocks what God did to him, Marcus says. And I think that's probably like the most accurate way of looking at it. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't buy that he doesn't have any... <laughs> so he's equating himself to the God of rocks. I mean, his arms are basically just stones. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think that that's what it is, is like... He's selfish, he thinks he's unchanging, but he finds something in this that he thinks can change, but it puts everyone else at risk, down to the point, and my partner also pointed this out, um, that he literally lives in a glass house filled with rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Lurker, lurker, lurker. She's, She's taking a run right now for her break. Um, which is why she's not here to give all of this to you. Um, but it's really, really sharp stuff. But again, it's giving the show a lot of credit for concepts that I don't think that they're fully doing anything with. So at this point in the season, we've spent enough time with Pierce. We should have a sense of him. And beyond the fact that he's very focused on himself and his brand that like that's it i don't i don't know him i i mean i i know i don't believe he actually carries all those rocks around i don't for a second believe he takes them with like i saw this like oh that's a really interesting idea except i don't believe that he, he he strikes me as the guy who gets on his motorcycle and just goes to a new city with a bag of money and starts over he doesn't strike me as a guy who carefully wraps the plates and then like you know like yeah but anyways 
it's a nice scene. It's a it's an interesting beat, I guess. Um, why is he chasing these this serial killer? Why is it so personal to him? Why does he care? And I shouldn't be asking that after having spent this long with the character. Uh, I should have a sense of why he cares. And I think because he wants to catch, I mean, like, because he's a bad guy, he wants to stop the bad guy and save, save lives is the straightforward answer. But that doesn't actually fit with anything we've seen from the character so far. If his main guiding focus is just boredom and trying to uh like shouldn't he be excited that there's oh i'm surprised by something oh there's this guy to you know the new way to catch this you know like it doesn't necessarily track with the other things we've seen unless there this is the episode that's trying to get us to to root for this guy who cares so much about this case he remembers it from 50 years ago or whatever um yeah so like for example this is why i'm confused as to how the show wants us to feel about pierce you know I obviously don't want to say like, well, it would have been better if the show had done this. Cause that's not useful criticism. Um, but <clears throat> I was thinking about it and it's not quite the revelation that it's a glass house filled with rocks, but <laughs> the idea, there's something really simple here that could explain a lot, which is if Kane became a cop, because he thought, maybe if I catch enough murderers, yeah. I'll clear my deck, right? Like, I'll erase, the mark will go away. That is like a very specific, concrete motivation that makes perfect sense. So especially anytime it's a killer that he thought he got and they got away or somehow it's tied to him, then it would you can understand why it would be increased personal stakes, right? Or like a copycat of the original kill, all of that stuff. If he had caught him sooner, maybe there wouldn't be a copycat. You, there is a way to spin that out. But I still don't have any idea why he's a cop. Like, that would make sense, but we have no reason to believe that, right? Like, that's they've never explored that idea. So he's just a cop and has despite the fact that he's been alive for millennia he's had the same job since at least 1958 so why why because i don't know that's why as funny as it is that's why i keep coming back to that stupid dust in the wind moment because that again is something that i understand i comprehend what that moment is and what it says about that character and there are so, other than every time he's like, me, I'm going to use Chloe to my advantage. Those are the only moments where I understand what is going <laughs> on with that guy. But I guess that and him and Amenadiel using their giant tree truck arms to throw each other around the bar. That I also understood. Yeah. So I, I just, it's really bewildering and frustrating. And it's not, you could maybe have writing as lazy and sloppy as this for charlotte or for lucifer or for maze because those performers are so charismatic that it could fill some of the gaps not all of them it would still be a mess but you know tom willing doesn't have that so you like why mm-hmm. yeah no i think that's fair i think that's fair and like the show's ways of trying to I don't want to say humanize, but I guess that's like the only thing I can come up with is either with that kind of dust in the wind moment 
or with the joke of let's put him on a Segway and a poncho and a bike helmet. And like, it's funny, but that's the end of the joke. It's like that, that was it. It's just like, we're going to put him on the Segway, but it doesn't go anywhere after that because nothing happens on the Segway with him. And how did they not have a Segway chase? How did they not have a Segway chase? A missed opportunity. He's he's very comfortable on the Segway. There's no discomfort. It's Lucifer that's annoyed at being on the Segway, not Pierce, which is a weird thing. They should both be upset. Um, but it's they just can't figure out a way to push forward in a way that drives him home either as this kind of likable villain or this um, redemption sort of arc for Pierce's the first murderer slash a jerk. Um, and there's nothing there really. And it's just, it's, it's boring. Mm. They're just not doing anything. And I'm bored. <laughs> Marcus yeah. says, I think if the other cops showed up in the flashbacks, that could have helped. And definitely if they're, if you got a sense, well, I mean, I think it doesn't solve the larger problems, but if you got a sense of like a personal connection through like one of the few times he's been friends with someone, which was this other cop. Right. And there was already the connection of Fiona Gublin as the, the diner, the waitress or the diner owner or whatever. Like they, the, then you'd be like, Oh, it's because, you know, and this the last heartbreak. One of the few times I opened my heart to even just a friend, you know, was this. And then the next friend I had after this was the future sinner man or something. Um, so like, yeah, like then, then maybe there'd be like some more bigger connection or something, but yeah. Keenan says for the longest season of television in the world. Yeah. They have settled themselves with a void of a character that doesn't make a single bit of sense played by an actor who is maybe not well equipped to elevate the proceedings apart from the aforementioned two giant men fight. I gotta be honest. The only things I took away from this episode were Dr. Linder's ball of her turquoise dress and my favorite and best amenadiel amenadiel attempts to human this time in a coffee shop. I always come here to read my newspaper. (laughs) I am, yeah, hello, fellow humans. I am reading this paper. Um, so, did you see what Marmaduke did today? <laughs> so funny. What um, a laugh. <laughs> uh, agreed, all of that, uh, Keenan. Uh, yes, the dress is gorgeous, and uh, Dr. Linda looks fabulous. Uh, I really like that scene, and of course, how she's immediately, because she's Dr. Linda and we love her, uh, immediately. Um, like so aware of, you know what it means to amenity and all the stuff, and oh, you didn't know. Um, that was that was a little difficult, uh, for you know to to watch poor amenity. No one tells him anything. Marcus, yeah, Marcus says. Um, but uh, but yeah, the uh, he's been having such a hard time that I can kind of I guess buy his outburst to Charlotte. Um, but yeah, it's. I was saying to Noel earlier before we started this episode that this season and this stretch of the season, um, though I'm very excited for two episodes from now, um, is rough for me because I don't like what they're doing with most of the characters. And so it's not like there are parts of other seasons, like when we're in Palmetto, it, it, it'll be um, okay. Not excited about all that, but look, lols, this maze storyline. Or, oh, oh, there's a fun thing with Dr. Linda, kayak, yay. Um, but this season, I, I'm not excited about Pierce. Um, 
I like some of the stuff they're doing with Lucifer and some of the stuff they're doing with Chloe, but nothing with Chloe and Pierce. And then I can't take, <laughs> I can't like take respite from that with Linda or Maze because I don't like what they're doing that. And in this episode, I can't fucking even appreciate Trixie Corner because Trixie is here just to have her heart crushed by Maze, who's still acting out for no goddamn reason that has been for reason, but not, nothing that has been validated through the writing in any meaningful way. Leslie Ann Brandt is doing her best, but it, ugh, I'm very frustrated. Sorry. Frustrated. Even Brandt seems bored is a really weird thing. I never thought I would say, but even she seems very bored in this episode. Um, she just feels like she's hitting beats of like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Not really feeling it, but I can, I'm a professional and I'm going to hit these beats, but there's not there's not an edge to it anymore. There's just a baseline, basically, of what Maze would do here, and there's no spin or mustard on anything. Yeah, I just uh... <laughs> no. I think that 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 is a super fair way to sum up everything, Allison. Thanks. Uh, this yeah. Is no. <laughs> this is why they pay me the not so big bucks. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I was having a conversation with our pals, the Caldwells, yesterday about Lucifer. And Scotty, who's not with us today, bless her heart, um, was like, there are just so many episodes left this season. And and Keenan and I said, no, it's like six. And then I just went and looked at the list again. And it's not. It's not six. Um, and it it was a little daunting. And I was looking at the like the episode list on imdb where uh episode votes mean nothing right yes. like nothing at all uh, yeah. at all and yet i kept being like well okay if that was an 8.4 <laughs> then, then what can i expect in the 8.1 anything pierce can do i can do better or the 8.2 all hands on decker or the 8.0 boo normal like what they don't mean anything but i'm so desperate to not i don't know like this was the fun and some of this is maybe the the situation in the world too but this was the fun dumb crime solving devil show and it's not it, it it is not fun anymore which makes it just dumb and it's really it's really frustrating yeah. what a waste of money <laughs> oh, hmm. i don't have my coffee with me so i cannot turn to my bar cart already yeah. doing that bit right now yeah it's rough i like the charlotte stuff the half scene we get with her here and that will lead to more interesting stuff. I can tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. But I just really don't like stuff. I will say you're right. That that is a good scene. And it's a storyline that actually makes sense because I buy that Amenadiel would be that selfish for specifically this reason. Um, and it plays sort of interestingly into his idea of like, oh, well, Lucifer's my test. So that's the only way in which my behavior matters right now is I just, mm-hmm. here's my test. And that's how I'm going to get back in dad's good books. Um, which is incredibly repetitive and silly, but it makes sense that he wouldn't think about the needs of someone else, um, someone incredibly traumatized uh, and prioritize his own feelings uh, based on what else is going on with him. So I agree. Those were good scenes. I didn't love his scene with Linda. 
Um, but the scenes with Charlotte were good and the Marmaduke. <laughs> well, and I think that again, like one of the shows weird strengths, but they don't always execute it well is their ability to parallel things. And sometimes it works okay. Most of the time they get too ham-fisted with Lucifer trying to find a way to make the case about him. Um, and it just, it's, that has lost a lot of steam this season in particular um, to the point where I just never want them to do it in the, ever again. And the fact that they keep kind of calling it out, but still keep doing it doesn't make it clever. It just means you're aware of your whole shtick, but you're not doing anything with it. And that's that's a problem. It's like, ooh, look at me. I'm self-aware. Okay, but you can be self-aware, but I need you to do something with that. Because um, if you're not doing anything with it, then you're just coming off vaguely smug, um, which is not gr- a great look for anyone, um, except me. I look great vaguely smug. <laughs> um, but um, but we have like two very selfish people behaving in this episode, but the Amenadiel thing feels more connected because it's not coming from a mysterious place. There's no weird, clear, in unclear plan of like what I'm going to do. It's just everything's about me and getting dad to pay attention to me again. With Pierce, it's I want to die and I figured it out. But I'm not going to tell anyone because I'm just talking to this random barmaid that looks exactly like the other lady from 50 years ago. Don't think about it. Um, <laughs> but we don't get any details. And everything that Amenadiel does, even if it's repetitive, even if it's shelf- selfish, is driven by a perspective that we know and understand. And that makes a huge difference, I think, in how we're sort of approaching things here. And also just the fact that he gets good scene work from Charlotte and everything that's going on with Charlotte this season kind of feeds into this desire to wait, what did I do? I need information so I can figure out what not to do again. And I think that there's so much like just, just off parallel. So that they're not, they're like this as opposed to like this listeners, my hands are doing things right now (laughs) that only people in the zoom can see. Um, But I think that that's, I think that's where really the larger frustration can kind of come in is that you can see them doing very similar things with other characters, but doing it really poorly in your A season arc. Your, your, your A, your plot A. I'm losing words, so I'm going to stop talking, but you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. Well, Keenan and Marcus, if you have any things you want us to talk about besides that fabulous dress, drop them in the chat. Um, I guess the last thing I'm going to say about this one is that I actually really like some of the performances and some of the, right, I don't care about the case of the week. Um, and I, it has, it's connected to other things in the season that are, that really aren't working for me. So that drags it down. But I did really enjoy, I liked Fiona Googleman. I, of course, remember her fondly from from uh, uh wilfred um but i also like the the little like the little bits we get um with joshua gomez uh is is very fun uh scarlet estevez breaks your goddamn heart um there i've seen plenty of like little kid crying on tv for various reasons and uh she nailed absolutely nailed that reaction shot uh for trixie um yeah, really, really, really good for, you know, <laughs> um, 
Okay, I'm not going to get bogged down in bitching about May's acting out for no goddamn reason. I'm going to walk away from that <laughs> impulse and instead, instead say, yes, good job, Scarlett Estevez. Do you guys have any other um, uh, thoughts you wanted to make sure to get in there? Definitely didn't hire Andrew Leeds to be the killer. It's not that guy that was in that one scene for 20 seconds. Bye! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although I will say they pulled that that trick twice on this episode. Yeah. Um, in lingering on the whatever kind of sandwich it was pastrami sandwich guy as mm-hmm. well in the exact yes. same way um so at least it was like, but i didn't know pastrami sandwich guy as a face totally so it was like yeah. it was fine um yeah. yeah um i would just say i think that the restaurant that pierce as marcus uh points out um they should probably refinish their tables that pierce was carving vandalizing yeah table in a restaurant i think that that is jones and west hollywood um, where I had the best piece of apple pie in my entire life uh, with a fernet, and it was one of the most satisfying dining experiences I've ever had. So when restaurants open again, if you live in California or find yourself in LA and happen to notice Jones in West Hollywood, I urge you to go and try the apple pie. They suggest that you share it. <laughs> Don't um it's it's really big but it is worthwhile and it looks it's very dark and murky and yeah it's a cool it's a cool venue with um extremely good apple pie <laughs> uh keenan says the only way i convinced scotty to keep going last night was the promise of a season four guest star yeah yeah i hear you i hear you there um there's there's a multi-episode guest star in season four that allison will be very excited about um and there's some other stuff that's coming in season four that's good. And I do really like the season three finale. I, there's a couple things that are... And of course, the season three finale is not the last episode of season three. It's the third to last episode of season three because uh, of things. Um, so while there are, what, eight episodes left, there are six episodes in this arc. And then there are two standalones. So, yeah. Anyways, Marcus says, Maze has been on Earth for seven years and she acts like a seven-year-old. And Yeah. Yeah, that does that that tracks. And that's something that Latoya said the last time she was on too. Really keep that in context and that'll help keep that in the back of your mind. That'll help us in the maze writing. Um and unless Noel, you have any <laughs> Noel says eh, <laughs> with his hand. <laughs> um well, because that takes me to the episode title thing. And normally I have fun with the episode title thing, except that this is wraps up our conversation about the last heartbreak, and tomorrow we're gonna talk about episode 19, which is Orange is the New Maze. And I can't fully enjoy the maze stuff this season. So yay, it's a maze episode. There's some stuff that I like about it. Um, but then there's other stuff that I think is dumb. So, <laughs> but I like episode 20. Episode 20 is funny. You're going to like well, episode 20. I hope. I know the title for episode 20 and I already have jurisdictional issues with that episode title. <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Um, yeah. Marcus says Trixie has been on Earth for eight years and is much better about it. Yeah, she's got that extra year, right? That's really, yeah. that's that that's extra year of maturity makes a huge difference. Makes in such a, such a yeah. big difference. So, yes. This is a big, deep sigh of a conversation today. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> that will wrap up our conversation. Let, 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 let's end on a slightly higher note. Um, okay. What are things that we hope happen before the end of the season? 
that would like we would legitimately enjoy that would be something that we want to see on lucifer this season go i mean i feel like pierce has to die anyway so like saying i'm looking forward to that seems seems both mean but also like inevitable because i don't see a way for them to keep him on the same way they figured out a way to keep trisha helfer (laughs) okay okay but yeah he needs to go please go there's no room I, for you on Netflix. <laughs> I cannot confirm nor deny. Well, I mean, I could, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. Um, I hope that Pierce falls into another volcano. <laughs> Has a roof six months. <laughs> and then can't get out. So it just keeps cycling. Maybe. That seems overly mean. I hope that he falls into a very deep chasm and then lives at the bottom of that chasm forever. And he can he can hunt for rats to eat. No, this I'm not even having any fun. Be- it's not even any fun to be vindictive <laughs> about this guy. He just sucks. I hope that Linda gets more great dresses. Yeah. Yes. They fix this Linda and May situation really fast so that we can just get back to having a story with them that makes sense. I hope that Mays apologizes to Trixie by getting her more cardboard knives lots of cardboard knives and a lot of chocolate cake and driving lessons. Yeah. Oh, one thing I also do hope for is that we learn how Amenadiel is fording coffee in Los Angeles, because I have a lot of questions about how he's able to pay for lattes. (laughs) I was going to say, there's no way that Pierce can afford that house. Yeah. Yeah, None at all. (laughs) So anyways. Okay. Well, some of those things will happen. (gasps) It, not some the those, deal stuff, but that's It's fine. the volcano, isn't it? It's the volcano. <laughs> Great. Some of those things will not happen. But we'll talk more tomorrow. Yay! <laughs> thank you. Thank you to Marcus and Keenan for hanging out with us and sticking through. Uh, thank you, guys. You guys, we're losing it. <laughs> we are. We are. I will just say this. Uh, maybe this will be my very last thing. Is that this play is not great. But much better when you can just binge the season and you don't stop every day to talk about it. Because <laughs> when you can just kind of watch, like, like it goes in a blur, you know, like it's, it's, it's this part so, of the season is definitely really, better in a binge. This is your fault. We could have just like watched a couple hey, of these episodes. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, you are, you are guys are the ones who are like, no, let's keep it to one episode a day. We won't do any on the weekends. We'll just do We play. didn't know. You could you know have what? warned us. I knew. <laughs> I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm unable to stop myself from doing this, but it wasn't my fault. I was given those beans. You persuaded me to turn away my cow for beans and without those beans that have been no stock to get up to the giant in the first place. Anybody? No, no, no one. No one's going to do the next. No. Okay. No, 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 it's going in in my head. Wait a minute. Thanks. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. Bye everybody. Bye. (laughs) 